My Mag Podcast number 306. Tim returns. Hey, that's me. Hey everybody, Tim Robertson for the MyMac.com podcast, and uh, Guy Searle, what's going on, brother? Hey, it's a, it's another great week. I'm An- happy. Another great week. You mean you're not boiling in the heat in the uh, Washington, D.C. area? Um, It's not so bad. It wasn't really that bad today. I guess uh, low 90s, relatively low humidity. Really? So, you know what, for August, I'll take it. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I woke up this morning and there was so much fog I parked in my customary parking spot, well, thereabouts. I, I couldn't even see my building. I mean, it was crazy. Where's the building? It, it's gone. You know, I kind of like it, though, when it's like that because it's different and it gets that kind of uh, werewolf in a London kind of vibe going on. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Greg Holdsworth is uh, – we, we Holdsworth him back from another week. Hey, Greg. Hello. Yeah, I didn't do enough enough damage last week, so I'm back at it again. Hey, you know, you, you got to beat it until submission, right? Yes. And uh, for those wondering, yep, I am hosting the MyMac show again, and let's move on. So, kind of a busy week in the Apple universe. Microsoft releases a big page. Did you guys look at that? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Have you looked at that, Greg? Yes. It, it's why you should buy a PC... Run, running, obviously, Windows 7 over a Macintosh. And I have to be honest, um, I'm going to talk about this subject later on another podcast, The Mac Jury. So if you guys want to hear more about this, listen to that podcast as well. There's a plug for uh, Chuck Joyner. Um, if you, if you want to read, I think, a pretty fair and balanced reason to, to go with a Windows machine, it's a pretty good page. What do you think, Guy? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I think, um... Um, yeah. <laughs> that con- considering <laughs> c- considering that, that we had, what, three, four years of, of the, the Mac PC commercials from Apple, mm-hmm. which which I think in my mind, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that are, are Windows users that were really offended by those commercials. And, you know, to all of them, I basically say, look, guys, th- th- it's just advertising. It's marketing. You know? It's marketing. You know, what, what are you getting so upset about? Yeah, are they, are they bending the truth? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, just a little, but who cares? It's, it's just a commercial, for God's sake. Yep. What, do you think that the Microsoft stuff is fair? Uh, it's, it's relatively accurate. Um, you know, I mean, there are, there are a lot of reasons why you might want to choose a, a Windows PC. I like one of my favorites. My, one of my favorites is uh, choice of colors of your PC. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank goodness, because, you know, I've always been ticked off that I couldn't get a purple Macintosh. Damn it. (laughs) Well, you can, but you'd have to go to, what, color match or color wear? One of those, yeah, or just get a a case that you can snap on there. But really, that's a a determining factor. But, you know, it kind of is. (laughs) It is. Don't you know someone, Greg, who is going to pick something just solely based on the color? You know people like that. Yeah, I was in Fry's the other day, and these kids were, they actually were doing that. Their mom was like, I gotta so get out of here. And 
they were just walking down the aisle because it had, you know, the different colors laid out. Oh, yeah. Of oh, the computers. And, yeah, the same brand, but different cases. And Ugh. they were just sitting there and they were like, I want this one. I want this. One. I want no, 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 no. I want this. One. Like, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> yeah, yeah okay. that, that doesn't try your patience at all. <laughs> you know, well, it, I, I think that whole section is is more about not so much color, though. That's what they keep uh, kind of harping on in the, in the beginning part of their little choice segment, right? Um, it, I think it's it, it, where they probably should have gone instead of color was uh, style or price point. Yeah, but you know, they're cheap, plasticky things, though, because the well, PC industry the on the PC side, the Windows side, I should say, those, for the most part, it's still a race to the bottom. How cheap you can get your laptop or your desktop, and they just make them out of crappy plastic still. They, it, I still haven't seen a PC laptop that even comes close to what you like get. Like the MacBook Pro, yeah. No, it, they feel cheap. They yep. just feel cheap. And I don't care what color it is, but by the same token, there are... A lot of people, that's it's solely based on color. And I'll give you an example. My daughter, uh, Brittany, I just hit the uh, desk, so if you guys heard an earthquake, that was my fault. Uh, my daughter, Brittany, wanted to get a new digital camera because she goes through them like we go through Kleenex, it seems. So she <laughs> bought a Sony, and it was, I don't know, 10 megapixels or something like that, 7, 8, 9, I don't know. Um, but she picked it only because it was pink. That was the only reason she liked that one. Okay, fine. Pink. Yeah, it was pink. It's a pink digital camera. And it's it's Sony. Um, it had a lot of features. So I said, oh, yeah, that's that's probably going to be a pretty good camera for you. So she got it. And then the, something happened to the screen. It started having these lines through it, and it was distorting the picture after about three weeks. So we took it back, and she replaced it with another Sony. Well, this week, the same thing happened to this one. Exa- it, in kind of the same area of the screen, and her sister-in-law had the same problem with her phone, which is an identical model in pink. Mm. And so uh, we took it back, and she got another phone. And I told her, you're not getting a Sony again. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting that model. And she didn't want it anyways because here's two of them that she's personally owned that's gone bad, and yet another third one that she knows that's going bad. So there's obviously something wrong with this model. But the one she picked was red. And well, uh, who made that one? Kodak. So, I mean, you know, at, at that price point, the $99 to $120 range for a digital camera, I think they're pretty much all on equal footing. But just the Sony seemed to have a, a real problem. And, you know, how do you explain to a, a 15-year-old, you, you don't really want to make your choice on something like this based on the color of the device itself? But if they're going to, isn't Microsoft smart to point that out in this advertising? Well, I, I think that, that just some of the other other reasons that they have are would have been would have been better and more concise as far as trying to get their message out, um, you know, sharing and compatibility things along those lines. But to, to sit there and say, well, because you can pick a computer that's a different color <laughs> you know and, and it's a little superficial they, yeah they don't even sell computers for god's sake you know they sell the os so so why even make that part of it well because they, they have their their hands in the pocket of every other pc company in the world except apple well that's true but yeah. at the same time some of the things they say here 
uh, like compatibility, for example, is is I mean just balderdash because you know on my nearly four year old twenty four inch iMac, I've got Windows Seven as well, and I can make another partition and put you know Linux. You know? Yep. So how how is it? How am I limiting my choices by choosing a Mac? Because you limit the ability for Microsoft to get money when you buy that Mac. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go out and buy Windows 7 and put it on there as well, that's great. They're happy about that. But they want that first choice to be a Windows machine because then you're stuck in their ecosystem. But let's yeah. not be let's be honest. Apple wants the same thing, don't they, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. This what you were talking about earlier reminded me of like a car salesman. They're rattling off all the different uh, features of the car, and then they finally say, "Oh, and what the last choice in the question you have to ask yourself: What color do you want?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. No, I think Apple does, but it's just you just get it goes balanced down to what you get, what you pay for. Sounds and like your audio quality is kind of taking a dive, Greg. I don't know what happened, but the uh, your audio is just going all of a sudden. Do you hear a guy? Yeah, yeah, I hear it too. I think the Skype gods are angry with Greg. They are. Did you did you did you sacrifice a goat or not? I mean, if you didn't sacrifice the goat, this could happen, Greg. Well, it could be the heat down here, too. It's a cool 104 out right now, so uh, maybe wires are melting. <laughs> well, let's well, all, all I can say, Greg, is I have a whole backyard full of slaughtered goats, and my Skype connection is fine. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Let me mm. drop you out and bring you right back in, Greg. Hold on. Oh, the fun part of podcasting, right, guy? <laughs> yeah. It, um, I've been, I've been uh, pretty lucky along those lines over the last couple months. But, yeah, hello. sometimes it can just get really, really bad. How are you now, Greg? Let's hear you. Hello, hello. Oh, that's a little better. Absolutely. Let's so, days. So uh, I do want to put a plug in for my other show that I do on a weekly basis, and that's OWC Radio. Now, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm going to be recording episode, I think it's 37 coming up here. I'd have to bring up the thing, and I don't want to because... Uh, it gets a little flaky, my computer, when I have too many things going on at once. Uh, because, as you know, Guy, when you're recording a podcast, it does take a lot of processing power. And if you try oh, to do yeah. too many things, you set yourself up for a big problem. So let's not do that. But, yep, yep I've been doing OWC podcast for, well, since December of last year. Yep, and, OWC radio and it's, from Otherworld Computing. It, it's a fun show. You know, most of the time I'm by myself, and uh, that can be a little lonely sometimes. But I do have guests and stuff like that on the show, and I'm going to continue to do OWC Radio. So if you're subscribed to both MyMac and OWC Radio, you're going to get a double dose of Tim every week. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, that that's your recommendation, right? That is my recommendation, absolutely. <laughs> a double Beautiful. dose of Tim every week will keep you away from the doctor. Can't, right. can't guarantee can't the psychologist, enough? but the doctor, definitely. Um, one of the things that we're going to do here on the MyMac podcast is... We're actually kind of going to dip our toes back into the past a little bit, and we want to open up the MyMac podcast for the listener invite again. Guy, we had a lot of fun over the years with the listener invite. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it, you, you never really knew quite what was going to happen. No, yes. and it was fun. Now, Greg, you, um, you started listening to the, the MyMac podcast, but, and that's how you and I met, correct? Yes, exactly. It was a call for podcasters, uh, and we, you started – my Victory Garden, and it went, what, six episodes? Six or seven? Uh, it was uh, four or five. I had had no, another one in the works, and then that was when everything kind of hit. Yeah, you got real busy, and that happens, absolutely. Um, but what, what did you think of the listener invite back in the day? 
Was it some? Was it worth doing? Still, you think? I think it was because you had a chance to meet you know a variety of people, and they weren't all here in America, which was great too. Yeah, uh, it was just getting to know someone and finding out what they did, and I thought it was a great thing to have. Yeah. Made for some interesting um, time shifting. I remember when we had, uh, oh, what was his name, from uh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, yes. I, I remember who you're talking about. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And, yeah, and it was like the middle of the night there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Antonio, I, what is his last name? He was a listener invite. Do you know who I'm talking about, Guy? Uh, from mm-hmm. Panama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, oh, my God. That had to be like two years ago. Yep. He had, uh, well, not he personally, otherwise you'd heard about it on CNN. His wife just recently had a baby, and I saw that on Facebook, so I want to send a congratulations out to him. Way to go, dude. (laughs) Well, his wife, Well, I'm sure he had something to do with it. I hope so. I hope so, or, you know, no. No, I, I know he's a very proud papa. I saw some pictures that he posted, and that's always a good thing. So, but we are going to open up the listener invite. If you're listening and you think, yeah, I'd like to come on and shoot the whatever with you guys for an hour, send an email to feedback at mymac.com and we'll get you on the show. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, we try not to take ourselves too seriously, even though we're taking the podcast serious. I know that kind of sounds like a contradiction, but it's really not. Um, we're just Mac guys like you. And, right. you know, the day that I don't learn something new about the Mac, and about this environment that we kind of surround ourselves with is the day I don't want to do this anymore, guy. Well, I, I, I don't know. You know the, part of part of the problem f- for me is I, I'm constantly, and it's probably like this for a lot of Mac users, going back and forth between the the computer I have to use at work, which for most people is going to be Windows, and my Macintosh computer at home. And sometimes, you know, especially if you're if you're writing or podcasting, it can be kind of hard to to separate those those two environments. So you, you don't. It's almost like you don't always have the time to 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 look up something new. And you know, and it's also that if you're a, a Mac user like we are, to the extent that we are, and probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're a big Mac user. You don't always have somebody that you can discuss your interest in the Macintosh computing platform with, because let's be honest, almost everybody listening to this is a guy. Not everybody, but most of them. And your wife doesn't want to hear it. She's she's already kind of sick of your hobby. (laughs) (laughs) The guys that you work with, they just want to talk about the upcoming college football season. They don't want to talk about Safari. And uh, the other guy that you work with, he just has a flip phone and he could give a flip about your iPhone. iPhone. He, He just doesn't care. So when do you get the chance to talk to people with the same passions that you have? Well, this is me waving my hand madly in the air saying, hey, send me an email. Whether you've been a listener invite in the past or you want to be the first time on the show, just let us know. Feedback at MyMac.com. We'll get you on the show. Have a nice conversation. All we ask is that you have a somewhat decent microphone. It could be a headset and uh, Skype. That's it. That's all we need, Greg. On their Skype name. Well, that's after they email me. Hope so. <laughs> well, and that's also where the uh, the user user groups come in. Yeah, do you there, belong to any one, user groups? Yeah, there's one here that's been around since uh, the Apple Core of Dallas. I mean, they've been around since I think 
early 70s yeah apple II days well not early 70s but <laughs> they were they were an apple user group before there was an apple <laughs> yeah exactly. that's that's dedication that is dedication that's that's reading the tea leaves correctly i think <laughs> yeah i belong to a user group here in this area as well the the apple pie group um as a matter of fact it was i think about uh two three weeks ago uh got together at uh pat pat far farquet Farquette, Farquette's house. Yeah, she works with uh, Bob Levitas. Yep, and also uh, the Mac Mommy was there. Oh, Melissa? Yeah, so I got to meet Melissa and her husband and and their, their two little boys, and that was just a lot of... And, you know, this is the kind of thing that you, you don't see as much or hardly ever on the PC side is that the, the, the Mac community where where people will get together and and not necessarily even talk about Macs but but just hey I'm a Mac user you're a Mac user what's your life like you know and and that's that's just kind of what makes it fun absolutely and that and that's the kind of thing that the listener invite kind of promotes as well that hey you just come on and have a, a good time talk and heaven forbid you make new friends you know what I mean oh, no. that, oh, that reminds me of when the uh, leopard came out well, I was out. I was over at the mall when Leopard was coming out. You know how they shut down the store for a couple hours so they can load it on all the machines and stuff. And the typical line that's going all the way around inside the mall, and these people are walking by and like, "What are you waiting for?" And sometimes they joke <laughs> around and say, "Oh, they're giving away a car. The store just opened." You know, but they—if you look at their faces—it's kind of like they just don't quite get it. Like, yeah. why would you be waiting in line? for an operating system. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of the... Well, I remember when they did it with uh, Windows 95. I think you guys probably remember that, too. When sure. Windows 95 launched, it was crazy like that. But that's that's kind of becoming more of a phenomenon that's not all uncommon anymore. You saw it when the Wii launched with the PS3, with the Xbox 360, with some certain video games out there. Uh, what you don't see it in is refrigerators and televisions and... <laughs> You know, hey, stuff that you... GEs are in. Gotta yeah. go get it. Yeah. Uh, you don't even see it with All cars, and you would think that, you know, with the the car enthusiasts that are out there, that you might start seeing that, but no. You, you just don't see it anywhere else but electronics still, and then just a very select group of electronics. It, and it usually seems to be an us-versus-them attitude. So you see the Mac users waiting in line because they're Mac users, you know, you see the, the Nintendo guys waiting in line because they're Nintendo fanboys. You don't usually see someone waiting in line uh, because they're Chevy fanboys. You know, it <laughs> just doesn't work that way. I don't know why. Um, well, probably because, you know, cars cost $20,000 and up. Yeah. While, while as a uh, computer or game console is going to be a little more reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, we would hope anyways. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of the points with... Uh, that wasn't made with Microsoft's Windows 7 versus Mac thing. They didn't mention price, that Mac computers are generally more expensive. And they are. And they are, but for a reason. But I was kind of surprised that Microsoft didn't go that route. Well, you know, under the, the their choice little option there, there, there were basically, you know, let's talk about this. Uh, on, on this particular page, there were six things that they said you needed to know to make a decision between either a Mac or a PC. One was having fun, simplicity, working hard, sharing, compatibility, and choice. They didn't and have penicillin on that list anywhere? No, but they should have. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, sometimes mm. you just... You, just, you got you to gotta have it. I mean, you know, yeah. 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 
Yeah, but I mean, but and, and again, you know, some of these just don't make any sense. Simplicity, really? Yeah, it, it's funny that. Well, let's be honest, though, guy. Windows Seven is a lot better than it used to be. Oh, it's, I, I, I would Definitely. not have, I would not have bought Windows Seven if it wasn't better. But and it, you want to really compare against the Mac and simplicity? That well, it seems a little counterintuitive to me. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, they're not quite ready to brag on that one yet. <laughs> it's, de- it's definitely better, but not simpler. But no. do they really, Guy, do they really say that it's simpler than the Mac, or the, do they, are they making the argument that, hey, you've been using Windows for a long time, it's going to be a lot simpler for you to use Windows 7 than a Mac? Uh, yeah, that, I think that's pretty much where they're going with that. That's Basically. the gist of the argument. Yeah, yeah. And Intu- that's fair. familiar and easy-to-use PCs just do what you want. They just work. Yeah. And th- I think that's a very fair and valid argument. I well, argue more or less. It. Oh, if, if you've been using Windows XP for 10 years, what are you going to be more con- comfortable with, Windows 7 or a Mac? Well, Windows 7. Right. But you don't ha- – but, you know, and that, but that was kind of my point earlier is you don't have to, to give up the Windows world just because you buy a Mac. Right, but Microsoft isn't going to make that argument. Well, No. But I don't I, honestly. I'm not really sure why they wouldn't, because they'll make more money off of a retail sale of Windows Seven than they will off an OEM version. And most people, even most Mac users, don't don't realize that they can pick up a copy of uh, like I've got Windows Seven Pro that I picked up, I think from uh, Newegg, an OEM version. It was uh, what 130, 140 dollars, which is like about half of what you'd spend at you know Office Depot or something like that for a retail version. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what I did. I have Vista and um, XP, and that's how I did it. Just OEM. Yeah, a lot of people do that, and it's kind of a workaround. It's basically you you have to buy a, a hardware that's bundled with the software. That's what they do. Right. Well, I didn't have to. They just I just got. Just the OEM version with nothing else bought. Well, maybe they actually sold you a mouse. They just didn't ship you the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he well, guy sure will return this mouse before we uh, shipped it to him. So, uh, I'm sorry, he he doesn't get the mouse. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it is kind of a quirky workaround. Um, but the, you know, let's be honest. When it comes to ease of use, what's easier? Going to the Apple Store or going online and buying a, an updated version of the Mac OS, say Mac OS 10.7 when it comes out, whatever it's going to be called, and simply installing it. No serial numbers, no registration crap that you have to complete, none of that. As yeah, opposed to Windows, that there's yeah. a 30-character number that you have to type in exactly correctly. And heaven forbid something goes wrong in the future and you can't find that one little stupid slip of paper that has your registration number on it. And but then you're screwed. Then you're screwed. Then you got to call Microsoft and hope they'll help you. And it's it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the nice thing, what, what a lot of people, at least on the PC side, don't know about OS X is, you know, you can buy the, the single-user license and put it on basically as many Macs as you have on the Oh, yeah, the there's, house. N- there's no difference between the multi-user and the single-user actual right. software. They, it's, they, it, it's basically just, you know, they, they just assume that you're going to be honest about it. And I, I don't mind spending the, the really relatively small amount extra to get a five-user license pack. Like when Snow Leopard came out, it was, what, $29? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it was right around there. Okay. Of course, that was more of an upgrade right, than a full-blown OS release. 
the the five user license was fifty dollars. Yeah. So pff, what what's yeah. the difference? Yeah. And you know, even when ten point five came out, uh, it was one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Five user license, one hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, well, let's uh, talk about the new Macs that were released just recently. I know you talked about them. Uh, was it last week or the week before, guy? A uh, week before. Week before. I am actually personally thinking about replacing my 24-inch iMac at home. Uh, it's a good computer. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's like, what, three and a half, four years old almost? But, yeah, yours is about three. Yeah. Mine, is, mine is almost four. And I'm thinking about seriously com- uh, replacing it, and I'm not sure whether I should go back to a desktop, i.e. Mac Pro, or stick with an iMac line. Um, well, now, I do have the last generation's MacBook Pro 15-inch that came out last summer, uh, so that's still relatively new. Um, and uh, quite honestly, guy, I could probably get it w- rid of my desktop completely and just use this iMac or this uh, MacBook, MacBook Pro. Pro. Right. But I, I like having a desktop at home, secure. You know, all my media is connected to it, sharing it across the whole house. I like that feeling. Yeah. Me too. But and what, remember as well that, that whatever computer you have your iTunes library tied to, if you have multiple users in the house, that iTunes needs to be live on your, your base computer in order for everybody else to use it. Well, a lot of uh, – the only person that's really using it right now is Brittany, and we just turn on um, – what is it? Sharing and iTunes, mm-hmm. uh, home sharing. And she's basically copied over the stuff that she wants to listen to already. And the only thing she's really hitting my computer for over the network is movies that she may want to watch. And none of those are copy protected anyway, so it really doesn't make any difference. Um, But I don't know. Even then, though, Guy, I could put all my media on a network-attached storage, preferably maybe a RAID that's backing itself up instantaneously. So if anything happens, I've got copies of all that. Sure. and you know what I really almost need to do, um, and I've got backups that I use on a, on a daily basis or that I run on a daily basis on that machine. But what I really need to do is come, in, come up with some kind of a, a backup solution so when I do plug in the new computer, I don't have to connect the old computer and do that whole migration dance that nobody really enjoys. So – I don't know. Do you think I ought to go that route first, get it prepared, get a, get a really good backup solution in place? Well, you're using Time Machine at home, right? Well, that's one of my backups. That's kind of the the poor man's backup, if you will. That's the backup right. that I lost one file. I can go into Time Machine and pull it over. I don't well, really want to migrate. You can, use, you can use Time Machine you know, when, you, when you connect up whatever new computer you have or you, you buy. Yes, but my Time Machine backup does not include any apps. Because I, I've got the installation for all my apps or my download codes and email and stuff like that. So well, yeah, I, but I don't do you need really want to up. do that? Yeah, other than, well, as opposed to, to restoring it from a time machine, ugh, it's, it's going to be so slow even over USB 2. Well, I mean, sure, it's going to well, take hours and hours and hours. I started at, you know, 11 o'clock before I go to bed and maybe it's ready in the morning. Uh, it might be. Uh, I recently had to replace the hard drive in my 24-inch my 24-inch iMac. Um, went from a one terabyte to a 1.5 terabyte, and uh, fortunately, I did have you know the the full Time Machine backup. And sure enough, once I got it up and running, I started its its migration over probably at you know seven o'clock in the evening, and it wasn't done. 
<laughs> when I got up the next morning. That's crazy. What kind of backup solution are you using, you using Greg? I have a uh, FireWire hard drive that uh, I clone my MacBook Pro to. That's step one. Well, what are you using to clone it? Uh, Super Duper. Oh, it's good software. Yeah. Uh, I've been then, using a Carbon Copy Cloner. Okay. But I think they're about similar, aren't they? I mean, it does incremental backups. Whatever's changed, it'll, it'll change on the clone. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what the this? first. That would be the first thing, and then I have another FireWire drive that I use uh, ChronoSync for, which is more like just an archive kind of backup. Yep. And then I have uh, two online offsite uh, plans that are going. Well, because as a graphic designer, um, you know, you do a project. You don't need to keep those those. I was assume large graphic files sitting on your internal hard drive the whole time. You just need to get it off, archive it, and put it away. Yeah, right. When you're done with the big projects, no, you don't need to, unless you're referring to them fairly often, then, yeah, exactly. How do you uh, index what you've done before? How do you, you know, after a couple years and a couple hundred projects, how do you know where to go to find that project because that customer's came back and he wants to do exactly the same thing with just a few little tweaks here and there? So you don't need to recreate the whole thing. You just pull up the old file and make changes. How do you know where to look or have you got to that point where, you know, you're not so busy that you can't find your old stuff. Is there a some kind of an indexing solution that you use personally to to be able to find those jobs? No, but I'm really anal about naming the files correctly. And of course, when I put a job away, uh, there's a folder, and then I'll have usually all the components for that job that are necessary, like the collected fonts, the graphics, right. logos, uh, stuff like that. So I try to name it, you know, and then if for example, like an ad, if I'm doing an ad in InDesign, I will name it, you know, with the publication name and even I'll put in the uh, size of the ad. So, the yeah. so you know exactly how to find it. Yeah, right. Back in the old days, that wasn't so easy, though, Guy Searle. <laughs> <laughs> no. no there, was a, uh, there was a disk cataloging program that I cannot remember the life of me right now. I cannot remember what it was called. And I used it for years. And it would scan any media that you could mount on your hard drive, including hard drives, um, DVDs, CDs, three-and-a-half-inch floppies. If you could mount it on your desktop, it would actually kind of do a quick scan. And within the program, you could actually browse the contents of offline media. And if you wanted something, you would find it on there. And it had its own built-in search. And uh, if you double-clicked it, it would ask for whatever disk it was on. So if you did a... If you named your disks like I used to, you just go over to your catalog, pull that disk out that should be in order, pop it in, and boom, there it is. But that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal anymore. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with just that the hard drives have gotten so much larger and so much cheaper that you know people are doing multiple backups all over the place. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that that I, I want to get going here, uh, my my wife has a MacBook, and I don't have a hard drive, you know, external hard drive attached to it, so she doesn't have a time machine backup. So what I need to do is connect up some kind of you know large hard drive through my network and set up something like Super Duper or Carbon Copy Cloner at you know two o'clock in the morning to to you know start doing some kind of uh, full backup and then an incremental backup after that. Yeah, but then you have to remember to leave that portable open and on at least once a week to do those backups. 
Well, not necessarily. I think you can do Wake on Land should, should handle that, won't it? Mm, I don't know if it'll do it on a laptop that's closed or not. Mm, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I think you literally have to just leave that computer open. You know, it's a lot easier to come up with a, a backup and archiving solution for a desktop that doesn't move than it is a laptop when you're not always in the same location and you're not, you know, you're not always plugging in an external hard drive to it. Um, that being said, Greg, what do you think of offline storage? In other words, stuff that's in the cloud. I, lo- I love it. I was going to say I use uh, CrashPlan and uh, Backblaze, and there's times where, like, I the main place where I contract for, there's a Mac there, and I have the software for it. You install the CrashPlan app on both computers that you need it for, and it's there's uh, a couple times where I had something I was working on at home, and I didn't bring it in or needed something else, and all I got to do is just go into CrashPlan app and download the backup from the home Mac. So that's money and time saver there. And it just saved my bacon. How like much is cra- how much do you play for pay for crash plan? Uh, right here the software itself is actually free, but if you do what's called the Crash Plan Central online backup, I'm looking here on the site, a year is $54. Is that unlimited data or Yes, unlimited, right, exactly. Individual really? unlimited. And then wow. Yeah, and they have one of those where they have what's called a uh, initial seed backup, where you can actually do a hard drive to you know put like the lion's share of your data on there. I guess they send you a drive or something. I guess they to kind of start it out because it's one of those things that just takes forever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially I, with the I, size of the hard drives. I mean, the networks are a lot faster than they used to be, but geez, you know, you got a two terabyte hard drive now in some of these computers. That would take forever to upload i mean well if it was full well yeah yeah, if it was full and that's what let's assume though that these are getting full full. well you know we're putting movies we're putting pictures we're putting songs we're downloading all these apps i mean one gps app for your iphone could be a gig and a half (laughs) i mean it, it starts getting big really quick in fact really it's it's two apps that are I would say the majority of the reason people are having to get larger hard drives, it's iTunes and it's iPhoto. I mean, I guarantee if you look at your computer, I bet that's at least 25 to 30% of the entire contents of your computer. For an average user, that's what's taking up the most space. Yeah, I'm almost at a terabyte with iTunes content. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, when, when you think about it, do you really need instant access to it that often? Um and that's, I think that's kind of the issue. How do you get it off your computer but yet still easily accessible? Is that the cloud or is that another hard drive that's connected to your local area network? I mean, well, and if, if it's in the if cloud, you're, you have access to it anywhere. Yeah, and if it's at your home and something happens at home, then you've lost everything. It's gone forever, exactly. Right. But if it's in the cloud, well, by the time the insurance company cuts you a check and you buy that new Mac – and it's, you know, three weeks down the road, you, you just download your stuff. There it is. Everything. Your pictures, your music, your movies, everything. It's right back on your computer. Yeah, talk about talk about a long wait, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, just, may, may as well set it up. Okay, fill this up. I'm going to the beach. But it's a lot less of a wait than it's gone forever. Well, that's true. You know? Um, I, I've talked to a few people who actually think 
well, I uploaded my pictures to Facebook, so they're okay. And you try to explain to them, you know the one that's up on Facebook is a really crappy version of that photo, and it's small. Yep. <laughs> and, and there's no guarantee that Facebook's going to keep it there. They could just wipe the whole system and start over and say, sorry. I doubt if they would do that, but they could do that. It's, they have no respect for your, your files, your pictures. It's not theirs. They're not responsible for it. Yep. I mean, or if, if somebody somebody hacks your account and just wipes everything it. out. Yeah. Yep. And that never happens, does it, Greg? No, and that's the concern is you don't need to worry about your the OS or your manually installed applications and fonts and all that, just the stuff that you can't recreate. Exactly, and that's why I was saying earlier, Guy, that I don't usually back up my apps because I can put those on a new computer. And I don't want it to back that up every single time. But I do want it to back up my pictures and my my data, if you will. And there's kind of a difference between my apps and my OS and my data, the stuff that's unique on my computer. And that's what I'm increasingly trying to figure out how to uh, save and back up. Now, I use Dropbox for a few things, but that's not really an ideal solution. No, no, I don't think so either. But it is a nice um, app. And I think, uh, I, don't, I don't think Apple has been heard from yet on this. Now, you know, we said it so many different times. Yeah, that big data center and blah, blah, blah. That big data center, what are they going to use it for? Um, Where are they going with mobile me? Uh, Here's my question, Guy. How do you know they're not already using it? Well, Mm. I don't. Exactly. For all we know, it's just a big data center. I mean, I don't think that there's any big plan that we're all going to learn about someday. It's just part of Apple's business. I mean, look how many people are buying stuff out of iTunes nowadays. It's just... Could you imagine what the the how much data that they're moving just through iTunes is on a daily basis? Oh, I doubt they're using Mac Minis. <laughs> uh, no. They're not. They're not using a Mac Mini Colo. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and that's what I think that that big server farm thing is down there. That big data storage thing. That's what it's for. They're they're already doing that. They just need more capacity, more and more and more. You can never have too much. And uh, I think that's what that's for. I don't think there's any grand, big surprise thing that we're going to learn about that data center. I think as it's, if it's not already, if it once it goes live, it's just to handle the burden that Apple already has, serving the current content that they produce. I mean, most people really don't stop and think about every single song that you download, every single movie that you download, every single television show that you download, every or app that you download. Yep. Every single thing that you're doing now that you're downloading from Apple has to come from somewhere. And if it was slow, you would not be happy. I don't care how great the iPhone is. If it took you an hour to download one app, could you imagine the outcry guy? Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't think – well, because most of the apps so far anyway that, that you're uploading from or through iTunes are all related to the, to the iPhone or the iPad so far, there hasn't been anything done on on the Mac side other than than you know content. So, you know, are are we going to what get the heck to, are you talking we, about, guy? You lost me. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about you know, are we looking at in the future having Mac applications, Macintosh applications uh-huh. be, being sold? Through iTunes. No, Steve Jobs already said he, there, that's not going to happen. Well, he also said he wouldn't do video on an iPad yeah, or but, iPod. But, but this is, that's, it's a really a different thing. This is something that's already established. 
There's already a huge developer community out there. And Apple's really not focusing on the Mac because it's pretty much a self-sustaining business at this point, yes? Mm. Apple doesn't need to advertise that they sell Macs. Everybody knows that they sell Macs. There was just a report that came out that more college students now are coming to school with a Mac rather than a PC. So they've done their job there. If Apple really wanted to get into distribution of Macintosh apps, they could have done it a long time ago. There's obviously there's no real reason for them to do so. Well, I don't think they've they've done it in the past because they didn't have either the capacity or the market share. Um, with their focus right now on the iOS, you know, there could be in the relatively near future, say within five years, emerging between the desktop and the the mobile platforms that Apple sells. At which point. Is it really going to matter whether they're selling apps through third-party retail stores and, and you know online or whether they do it through iTunes? I don't know. There's just a lot of com- competition in that category that I don't think Apple really wants to try to reinvent selling desktop software. A prime example of that is Valve. What they're doing with gaming on the Mac is the biggest thing that's happened to Mac gaming in, I'd say, 25 years. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. But that's a very core, small demographic compared to um, the creative types who wants to download and use Adobe Photoshop. And what you're suggesting then, Guy, is that a company like Adobe is going to have to go through Apple to sell Adobe Creative Suite 10. And that's just not going to happen. Well, I don't think it would be exclusive, as far as, as applications go. Why? They're already doing exclusive as, as far as the iOS devices. You have to go through Apple to distribute it, right? You have to. Currently, yes. Right. Well, that's not going to change anytime soon. Why would they open that up? Uh, it's, I think it's part of it's going to depend on, on where they plan on taking both platforms. If they do merge the two platforms, then they'll probably have to offer some kind of choice. True. What do you think, Greg? What's your take? Yeah, as a developer, I you've already heard about all the outcries and the problems with the the apps and just the refund process and all the things they still got to get ironed out. So I think they still have a little bit of work to do before, even if they wanted to do that. Yeah, I don't think they want to do it, though. Do you? No. No, I don't either. Um, I think they have to do it with the iPhone and the iPad. And let's be honest, they're kind of reinventing the entire market, and everybody is still trying to play catch-up. And Google tries to say that they're their open market, but yet they just yanked an app off the um, whatever store because it gave you root access to the Droid. So they they pull that off real quick. Well, what happened to openness on the Internet, Google? You, you know, you say that you have choice if you come to this mobile platform, but yet they're censoring stuff the same way Apple does. Well, I think – their version of choice is is basically you don't necessarily have to get your applications from the Google Marketplace. You can go to other third parties and get applications. That's but the problem, of said. course, with that is if you get if you get applications for uh, any Droid device from any place other than uh, the Google Marketplace, you don't really know what it is that you're getting. You're you're kind of bypassing the security that you'll have if you get it directly. So you're Google. saying my, my penicillin crack should have been directed at Microsoft, not at Microsoft, but at Google. At Google, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, you know, 
that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, isn't it? Yep. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it's fun to think about. Something else that's fun to think about, what are some cool apps that we're using on our iOS devices? Now, I personally have an iPhone 4, and there better be a fix for the stupid, stupid proximity, proximity sensor. Ugh. Tell you what, I'm getting real tired of it. <laughs> I did that today. I was talking to Guy Searle earlier. Yep. And uh, the stupid proximity sensor didn't register that it's sitting right against my face iPhone 4. And it turned on the screen, and my cheek hit the mute button, so a guy's sitting there listening to nothing. Yeah. Did you shave this morning? I think that's what happened. No, I didn't, actually. <laughs> um, so I've got both the devices, and I use both of them all the time, and I love them. Uh, Guy, I know for a fact you have an iPhone 3GS, correct? Yes. Uh, are you thinking about the 4, or just not yet? I think uh, with everything that's happened so far, gonna wait I'm, for the I'm five. Gonna- yeah, I'm going to pass yeah. on the 4. I probably would have if if I didn't need the 4 for my job. Um, when you're on when you do a lot of shows like I've been doing with the um, well like I'm going to do Mac Jury later tonight, uh, the My Mac show again, OWC Radio, Geekiest Show Ever. I mean, I've got my hands out there in a lot of different things, so I kind of need to stay up on technology. And unfortunately, that means you know, a little bit of money out of my pocket occasionally. Oh yeah. Um but I don't really regret the iPhone 4 other than the proximity sensor. I never had an, an issue with the antenna. It's never been a problem for me. Uh, the iPad, on the other hand, it's one of the best devices I've ever owned, ever. I yeah, mean, I, I have, I've hardly touched. I mean, I actually I think I need to pull out my laptop tonight and charge it. <laughs> well, not only charge it, but find out what updates have come out since the last time I've used it. Because I'm willing to bet I haven't picked up the laptop three times since I, I bought the iPad. What about you, Greg? That's what I would be worried about if I got the iPad because I have a 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro and that's what I'd be worried about as well. I'm not using the MacBook anymore. Uh, Why is that a worry? Is, you can that, is that a problem? <laughs> no, well... <laughs> I mean, you, you could sell the MacBook... What is it? You said a MacBook Pro or MacBook Air? A uh, MacBook Pro, yeah. So you could sell that, buy two iPads, and still have a bunch of money left over for a bunch of iTunes gift cards to cram as many apps as you can possibly stand on the iPad. True. I mean, that, that would be my suggestion. It's it's just a fabulous device. I mean, yeah. it, 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 well, it, it's a game changer. It and is. And it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't have one how freaking great it is. It really is. You, you try to use all the different Every word you can think of, it's great, it's fantastic, it's blah, 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 blah. And just it, don't and say it, it's magic. It's just noise. It's just noise after a while. You just have to have one to see what it's really all about. And then you get it. Then you're like, oh, my God, this is this is awesome. And yeah. I hope a lot of other companies follow suit and make very similar devices because I want this industry to grow and get better and better and better. Um, but that being said, you do have an iPhone, right, Greg? Yes, I have the, believe it or not, the original, and the four is on the list. Cool. So let's talk about some apps that you guys think are, are worth getting. We're going to start with you, Guy. You got an okay. iPhone or an iPad app that you want to talk about? Uh, I have one that, that works on both. Okay. In a, a really, really unique way. Um, anyone who's been a, a relatively long-time Apple user has probably played uh, Magic Software's Chopper which is a, a helicopter side-scroller. And they just recently came out with Chopper 2 for the, both the iPad and the iPhone. If you buy it for one, you'll have it for both. 
it's again, it's a side scroller helicopter game. You're going around, and I haven't had a chance to put it through all of its paces yet, but I'm I'm just really really digging it. The one thing that this that this app does that's unique is if of course you know both the iPad and the iPhone have Bluetooth, you can actually use your iPhone as a remote control playing Chopper Two on your iPad. Oh, that's cool. How friggin' cool is that? So no, that, I haven't, that I haven't removes done it holding the really iPad. You, right. Your, your hand's not going to get in the way. You're, you're holding your iPhone. Yeah, you can set, set the iPad up on you know, whatever little stand that, that you want to put it in and then play the game via the iPhone. That's and, cool. And this is something that I think you're going to see more of, this kind of interconnectivity between the iPad and the iPhone. Sounds cool. How much does it cost? Two dollars and ninety nine cents. Now, do you have to buy it for both? No, you. I've got it on both of my machines. So it's universal. It's universal. Okay. I wish more apps would do that. Uh, it does take a little bit more coding on the developer's part, but you know, it's really frustrating when there's something that you enjoy on the iPhone that you know would be much better on a bigger screen, and yet they haven't made an iPad version yet. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Or they come out with a more expensive iPad version. That really kind of irritates me. Without without really adding any any features. Right. You're like, well, here's the iPad version for seven ninety nine. Right. Really? I don't think so. Um, and I think you alienate some of your users by doing that. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that. But they'll be less they'll be less likely to buy you know upgraded or newer versions of the game. Or you come out with you know version two or version three. Absolutely. If they know you're going to turn around and rip them off, if you know making them buy it for for both platforms. I I'm totally with you. What do you think, Greg? What's your pick? Obviously, uh, it's going to be an iPhone one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let's say you're in a restaurant or you're in the mall or a club, and you hear a song, and you say, "Hmm, you know, I need to know what that is. That's uh, that's cool." Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Shazam, mm. which is a uh, capture application that tells you exactly who it is. It's one of my favorite applications of all time, Greg. I don't use it nearly as much as I thought I would, but every single time that I've had to use it, I love it. You love it, yeah. And the fact that it's uh, free is even better. Now, there is a premium version of right. Shazam that you can buy. Now, I don't know what the premium version gives you over and above the free version. Do you? Uh, I looked it up, and there's not much. There's, like, networking and sharing with friends and all this other, you know, it's just, I didn't see anything that was really worth uh, what it was offering. Yeah, Yeah, what it was offering, yeah. I I would almost uh, wish that they kind of did at least charge, like, maybe 99 cents for for Shazam, Uh, simply because it's such a great app. I want to make sure the developer sticks around. I Absolutely. want them to make their money on this, so they, they make a better version, and it's just a great app. But, Absolutely. you know, one of the problems that I have with it, Greg, honestly, is there's they're using technology that other places like YouTube and Facebook are now using to detect copy-protected music in videos. So if you upload, say, you make your own little family video and you use a quirky little Kenny G song and you upload it to YouTube – YouTube can actually detect that that's a Kenny G song and reject your upload and completely strip the sound right out of your video. And not just the song, but all the audio. Yes, all the audio. It's just gone. Yeah, it happened to me. I I uploaded this picture or this uh, video of a a praying mantis, and I put this little quirky Prince song in there because it was kind of funny. And uh, it just stripped all the sound right out. 
And I was like, wow, really? Yeah, That's... and there's and there's no you, there's no one you can talk to. No, to... it's just arbitrary. It's gone. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, gee. Um, well, that's a that's kind of a discussion for another time. But Shazam, though, is a fabulous app. Who makes that? Do you know? Uh, it is Shazam Entertainment Limited. Mm, they're limited to entertainment. Oh, that's good. Well, I don't want limit, to limit it to Shazam. Well, you know, and I don't want them to get into politics. So just limit yourself to the entertainment. We'll be happy. Uh, I've got one that's an iPhone four app. Uh, it does work on the iPad, obviously, but um, I just did a, a whole show last week at OWC Radio for uh, 10 different apps for the iPad. I don't know if you guys listened to that, but, you know, after picking 10 apps for the iPad, I thought here on the MyMac show, I'm just going to pick one thing that I really enjoy for the iPhone, and it's called Minor Disturbance. It's a game. It's $1.99. It's really fun. Do you guys remember Dig Dug? Oh yeah. oh yeah! Dig right. Dug was kind of basic. You kind of you dig your way down into the ground, and you had to kill like three monsters, uh, or however many it is. And you had this little pump, so you get close to them. You blow them and up. You yeah, you pump your little pump, and it blows them up, and you just ad nauseum. You just do that. Well, minor disturbance takes that premise, but to a whole different level. You're a little minor guy. Uh, as the game progresses, and you make money in the game, you can upgrade your equipment, so you can like uh, you can get a rebreather, so you can breathe underwater. Uh, you can get a better pickaxe, you can get a better light, you can jump higher, just all these little upgrades that make the game a lot more fun and challenging. And it's also an incentive to play the game a little bit more, to get a little bit more money just so you can get that next thing. Um, and, and it's, But the concept is basically the same as Dig Dug. You dig down into the ground to mine, say, oil. Uh, I was going to say oil. It's, we've had an oil spill here in uh, Battle Creek, so it's oil's on my mind. Um, diamonds, gold, that sort of thing. And right. it's it's just really fun. Uh, the The controls are a little buggy sometimes. There's been an occasion where I want him to swing his hammer up, and he moves forward instead. Um, that's a little annoying, especially when the the roof is falling in on you right then, and you're trying to hit it instead of you know trying to Dying. get out of the way, and you, <laughs> you end up jumping or something. You're like, Argh. so a little bit minor tweaks in the. Uh, in the interface itself, and I think it would be a lot better. I think this would be a fabulous game on the iPad as well. But uh, yeah, it's a dollar ninety nine, and that's the thing. Apps on the iPhone and the iPad still are just dirt cheap, you know. Yeah, they're relatively inexpensive. You know, there was a big game that came out a couple weeks ago that I had been looking forward to big time called Star Wars: Battle for Hoth. It's a uh, tower defense game. We all we all know what tower defense is, right? I don't need to explain that. No. Right. And uh but it's based on the Star Wars universe on the planet Hoth, you know, when the on the snow planet where the at at walkers are coming and stuff like that. And the gameplay looked really fun in the early videos, but honestly I've played it, but it's just not that good. It's two ninety nine and I can't really recommend it until they fix some of the annoying bugs. And plus it's a Star Wars game and they got some weird music while you're playing it that has nothing to do with Star Wars. It's like, really, you couldn't have got some Star Wars music in here? So I feel like I'm actually in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other problem is when everything is white and gray and the background is white and gray and the ships are white and gray, <laughs> you might want to think about how you're kind of showing the characters on screen a little bit better. It's a little, a little hard to see. Little, well, it's not just hard to see. It's a little muddy. Um, and it's very unforgiving if you accidentally click something you didn't mean to. 
uh, too much of the interface gets in the way of the actual gameplay. So I think that maybe an iPad version would be a whole lot better. But for the time being, you know, I bought it. If you're a huge Star Wars fan, you, you probably already own it. But I don't know, two ninety nine is kind of expensive for that. Um, and I think the other game that I picked is a, is a much funner, minor disturbance, much funner, easier to play, just a good time. You know, you've got five minutes waiting behind this lady at the bank. You can play a level of minor <laughs> disturbance, you know. That, and that's really, to me, what casual games are all about. I don't have to think too much about it. I'm just going to have, you know, five minutes here or there to play it, and it's just fun. I get a little bit further in the game, you know. It doesn't take an hour to play one thing. It takes five minutes. That's right. what it's all about. Have they gotten anywhere with the uh, arcade emulation products? Like you remember Mac Mame? Yeah, they they have. There's a couple of them out there. There's a um, a Sega one, and what is it? It's I want to say Coleco, but it's not Coleco. It's the one that was this the that came out the same time the Atari Twenty Six Hundred did. Oh, the Intellivision. Yes, Intellivision. 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 Yep. Yeah, and it comes with games that you can buy in app purchase as well. But you know, it just it's. Those games really needed physical buttons, and yeah, they haven't true. really – you know, that, I think that's what we really need. We need a little tiny arcade cabinet that we could put the iPad into that you could plug some kind of a little dongle into the dock and use actual joysticks and buttons to play games right on the iPad. There you go. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, it would be, but I guess part of the problem would be it has to be, number one, relatively inexpensive, and number two, has to work with a variety of games. So you'd have to get not only you know develop the hardware, but, but get some software developers outside from you know whatever company you work for to also make games for it. Yep, definitely. But if you got a couple of, you know, you got Pac-Man and Frogger and Galaxy, you know, whatever they are, and it's just a little seventy, eighty dollar case that you put your iPad into. I think it'd do really well, and uh, I would buy one. Yeah, I think that would do. I would also, yeah, I would agree with that. So let's probably uh, wrap this show up, guys. Uh, we've got almost an hour here, and I've got to do another podcast in forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point, I actually need to go home and spend some time with the family. So uh, it's fun coming back and uh, getting back into the MyMac groove. And, of course, if you guys want to hear more of me, make sure you go to OWCRadio.com. That's the official podcast for Otherworld Computing, found at MacSales.com. Guy Searle, uh, you got anything else going on this week? Nope. It's a relatively quiet week. We should, I like it that way. You, you, you need to come over and uh, do another geeky show ever with Chad and I soon. Well, uh, it might be a little easier now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Greg, what's going on with you? Anything coming up? S- same thing. Another quiet week. It's nice. Yeah, well, Just I, trying to, I, I trying to wanna, stay cool. You know, it's that time of the year <laughs> that you have to have that AC going. And uh, it's also a good time of the year to kind of play with your iPad and your iPhone and because it's, it's just too damn hot to go outside. It's, it is. Ju- it's just too hot. But this would also be a really good time that if you're a listener to the podcast and you want to come on, you know, it's too hot to go outside and do anything anyways. Spend an hour and come on the podcast and chat with Guy and I and whomever else we have on the show. And, I, you know, 
we're going to have a lot more interviews coming up. A company just came out with an educational app for kids that teaches them how to save money, and it's sponsored by a big financial institution. I was talking to them today, and I said, hey, you guys come on the MyMac podcast, talk about that. So you guys are going to hear that here pretty soon. And uh, if you have any suggestions, people we should talk to, let us know. But more importantly, Guy, we want people for the listener invite. Yes, we do. I look forward to uh, talking with Gaz. I hope he is he coming back next week. Yeah, he's supposed to be coming back next week. Yeah, so we'll have Gaz next week too. So that'll be fun. There'll be fun. three of us. Don't forget our uh, telephone number that nobody ever calls, but I'll give it to you anyway. There's some guy code. with a fake Southern accent called one. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who that was. I don't know. Uh, area code 703-436-9501. And make sure you send us feedback at feedback at mymac.com. I almost said uh, OWC. I <laughs> 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 almost said feedback at macsales.com because I've been saying that for over a half a year now. But this one is feedback at mymac.com. Make sure you visit mymac.com. The uh, the mother publication, if you will. A lot of stuff going on right now. There's a review of Drive Genius from what Russ Walkowich. You got Drive Genius over there, guy. Uh, I'm I still have the version two. With does that does I it use. work with ten point six? No, it does not. Yeah, so it, you need to it, it did work. It did work with uh, my Taekwondo instructor's uh, G5 iMac. Yeah, though. but he had that, he was running what system four point one. I mean, you know, system three. <laughs> <laughs> Yubs, have you did you see this review uh, Elisa did for the Yubs retro headset? I haven't read it yet, but dude. It looks, I want one it looks of these. Amazing. It's it those old phones, Greg. You remember these? These old phones that used to get free with the uh, from the telephone company right. that you could shoot a bullet at it and it would bounce off. Right. You can actually use one of these now with your iPhone. It's a little expensive, forty five bucks, but it's kind of cool. I kind of want one. <laughs> I really do. I don't know why. I probably never use it, but I kind of want it's one. It's totally retro. Uh, and, mo- and like the Windows machine, you can pick your color. That's, and, and that's important, especially when one of them's pink and green and orange yeah. and red and oy. purple. Motion X GPS Drive HD. It's a – I don't know why anybody would want to have GPS on their iPad. It's just too big of a screen in a car, I think. Well, but, unless unless you do like what those guys did after the iPad came out and yeah. actually install it into the dash yeah. of, a, of a Toyota, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's still a little too big for me. But Donnie did a review of that. It's only a three dollar app, so it's definitely worth check, taking a look at. And Donnie had some good things to say about it. And uh, the last thing is a review of a bunch of different Kensington iPad accessory from Mark Rudd. Definitely worth a read. There's a couple in there that. I'm thinking about buying myself. So uh, good stuff at MyMac.com. Again, feedback at MyMac.com. We'd love to hear from you. Come on the show. Have a little chat with Guy and me and whoever else is here. Maybe we'll have Sam Levin back and talk about some stuff here soon, too. He's cool. doing a podcast still at App Minute. Have you looked at the new App Minute website, Guy? Uh, no. I know that you recently had to to make some, some changes. Yeah. This, I was using a company, and I was very, very, very not happy with Media Temple. Uh, our site got hacked, and their solution was to point me at a website that would charge me money to fix it. Really? Mm, bye-bye. <laughs> and I had just paid them, like, 40 bucks. So I sent them an email, and I said, you know what? You can keep that 40 bucks. It's the last money you'll ever get from me. And I moved at Minute over to the same web service that we run 
uh, my Mac through, and that's called yeah, Dream looks, Hosters. It looks very familiar. Yeah, yeah. And so if you look at my Mac and then you look at App Minute, they kind of look very similar. That might be because I bought the same theme twice. Um, <laughs> and did I say buy? And then um, so yeah, it it looks very similar, but it's going to have very different content. We're actually going to be launching, relaunching the whole website as a website itself, not just a portable for Sam's podcast, but with writers and reviews and news. And if you're interested in the mobile technology world, very soon, appminute.com is going to be the place you want to visit on a daily basis. Not yet. Not very yet. soon. It, just very soon. So let's wrap this puppy up. And uh, again, my name is Tim Robertson. Who else is out there? Guy Searle. Oh, there's Guy. And Greg Holdsworth. Come on, you got to be a little quicker than that, Greg. Put Greg Holdsworth. Greg Holdsworth. That's me. <laughs> Where can we find more information about you online, Greg? You can email me at uh, Greg's Graphics. No, they're uh, not going to email you. Just give them a website. Oh. Greg's Graphics, Texas.com. And uh, for gardening, it's your own victory garden.com. Cool, see? Because they they're not going to email you. Hey, I heard you on the podcast. Nice job. <laughs> they're not going to do that. Yes, sir. Uh, they, and they probably won't even go to the website, to be honest. And, you know, it, they're listening in their car. They're not going to remember. But they will remember if they go to MyMac.com, go to show notes for number 306, you will find a link to all of Greg's cool stuff out there. And uh, we appreciate you coming on, Greg. It's a lot of fun. It was. Hopefully you will free up your schedule again in the future and you can get back to podcasting yourself. I think you're good at it, and I think you liked it. I did. Ooh, see, nice, short, crisp answers. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. See ya. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. 